You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right, we're going to continue our series this week and uh, invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, it'll be on the screen behind me in a little bit as well. Um, if you want to turn there in, in, in those Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, remember those Bibles are for you. Please feel free to take one with you. Give it one to a friend. It's all good. Um, as you're turning there, just want to turn our attention. Um, there was some significant news this week. Right? Serious things happened in the past week or so. Um, very serious things happening in our world. And there are many people with many different perspectives. Um, on, on the things that happen, as you can imagine, it's very complicated and complex and emotional. Um, and uh, I'm certainly no expert on, you know, global affairs. Like, I, I'm, that's not me, right? Um, but to summarize it as best I can, I think Prince Harry and Meghan are moving to Canada, right? That's, that's right. That's, is, that, is that what's happening, Carrie? I mean, you, you're referencing it. So as far as I can tell, and they didn't ask permission, I think this is news. This is, this is big. This is big. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to get through this. I don't know the, the ramifications. I don't understand. Um, I know it's shocking. It's shocking. It's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. Um, uh, there's, also, there's also stuff going on in Iran, by the way. Um, and the Middle East is once again a volatile and active situation. And even in that situation, many are debating who should have permission to do what? Right? We talk about this. Should the president have the power to decide what happens there? Should Congress have the power to decide? This is clearly beyond me. Like I said, foreign affairs, not necessarily. Um, that's is way above my pay grade. Um, I was impressed that I remembered to put on a short sleeve shirt because it was warm today. Right? Like, let's just set the, the expectations here. Right? So when we start talking foreign affairs, you're probably talking to the wrong person. Um, but as we explore all these different things, it's interesting that both of them, sort of headline-grabbing things, both of them deal with permission and who has permission to do what. Permission can be a fascinating study. Um, it's a powerful thing, right? You hear these words often in our culture, right? Authorization, consent, rights, privilege, Right? These, are, these, are, these are things that are dominating our culture's conversations right now. Who has the right to? Who has permission to? Who has the authority to? Right? To do something. Who has the right to do something? Did the president have the right to do what he did? Right? Do Prince Harry and Meghan have the right to move? Right? Did somebody have permission to park in the pastor's spot out there this morning? You know, did you have permission it's okay. Actually, I never park there. I have never parked there in my life. It's a matter of principle. I won't park. It's not our building. We rent this anyway. So, um, but I just don't park there anyway. I just, uh, you know, it's a nice day. I wanted to walk, so I don't. But you, you can, anybody can park there. First come, first serve. Hey, call yourself pastor. It doesn't matter. You're good. You're welcome to. Last week, we introduced what we felt like God had spoken to us this year. You can see it on the front of, uh, of your program. You can see it here. We've got a nice little, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this program this week. I'm telling you, if I get boring, you've got plenty of reading material. This is going to be good. We've got new programs. We've got a new sign. Something new. Something new. A year of something new. And uh, every season, we felt like God has spoken to our church throughout the years that we've been a church. Throughout the years. Wow. Throughout the years. It's been, it's been 
a decade now since we've been doing this. Started in 2010. Now it's 2020. It's crazy. Um, just time flies. And every season of the of our lives have been different. And every year we just say, okay, God, what, what season are we in, you know? Like, is, can we agree that this is not seasonable weather? This is odd. This is odd. Like, it doesn't fit for the season. You're going, okay, this is unusual. This is out. Right? Because we know that it's January in Jersey, and it should be cold. But don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, for all of you who are enjoying this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We hope you got out yesterday. Hope you get out today because... I think it's going to be like uh, in the 20s or 30s in a matter of days. Um, but every season is different. And when we recognize what season we're in, it sets expectations. It lets us know kind of what to expect. Again, it's warm outside, which should make us think it's spring, but the trees are dead. And the calendar says January. So we know, oh, it's okay because this is the season of, of rest, of dormancy. For plants and for the grass. My grass should not be green right now. It's really not green most of the year anyway. But it shouldn't be green right now because it's... So I fit in with the rest of the neighborhood, at least for a little bit. Um, so this season, what season are we in? And the season we've de- defined that we feel like God has spoken to us is something new. And, it's, and it comes from Isaiah 43. And there's a passage in Scripture we read last week. We'll read it again in just a moment. And just to give you some context, Israel is a, as a, a people group, a nation in history... Right, still, still around today. But this people group, right? They were at this time in history. This is hundreds and hundreds of years ago. They were being surrounded by the Assyrians, the Babylonians. They were constantly threatened with an invasion and war, and, and so they were being attacked by these up-and-coming large groups of uh, outside countries and forces. And now they've heard about how God had saved their people. You know, heard about Egypt, but that was 700 years prior. Right? This is not their story. It's the story of their ancestors, right? Of their of their uh, of the generations before. And so now, God is speaking to them in this new day and age. And this is what He says, Isaiah 43. We're going to pick it up in verse 15. Okay, if you'd like to read along again, it'll be on the screen. It says this: I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. Just so we know who's talking to you, it's me. I'm God. I made you. Okay, and here we go. Verse 16. I'm the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. Remember when I did that? Remember when I cut through the sea? He says, and he continues, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. What prose, what writing. Okay, verse 18. But forget all that, he says. Remember all those things I did for your ancestors. I did these things in the past. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And he continues and says, I'm about to do something new. Hence the the name for the year. We kind of stole it from there. Hence, I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun it. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Just pause for me for a moment and let's pray. Heavenly Father, well, this was written a long time ago, but we believe that you're speaking it anew to us today, 2020. Lord, I ask you today to open our ears and our hearts to receive what it is that you want to say in a new day. In your name we pray. Amen. So, 
God is saying to them, listen, I know you didn't see all those things that happened in the past. I know you didn't live through them. You didn't walk through them. You didn't put your feet on that dry ground. You didn't see the ocean part. You didn't see that enemy taken care of. You didn't see all those things. But don't worry about it. You've heard the stories over and over again. But don't worry about that because I'm about to do something new. You're going to see it with your own eyes. I'm about to do something new. And something that stands out as we dig a little deeper into this. Last week, we just sort of introduced the idea that God wants to do something new. It's you, right? It's not just collectively, corporately. God's going to do something new. No, in your life, individually, this year, 2020, we believe God is speaking to you. He's going to do something new in you. And as we peel that back a little more and explore, this stands out to me. The something new God wants to do in our lives is not dependent on our permission. It's not dependent on my permission. Permission. He started it before I ever invited him to. I've already started it. I'm already at work, and you didn't give me permission. He's pretty sure we don't even know it's happening. My wife gave me a surprise birthday party when I was 30. I didn't know about it. I love my wife. I don't like surprises. I did not give her permission to do that. She did it anyway because that's how our relationship works, right? Got to own it, okay? And he, you ever have somebody do something without your permission? How many of you love it? Like when they, hey, you didn't have permission to say that to me. You don't have permission to do that, right? I don't, I don't understand. Like in, in Guadalajara, we, right, we're heading to our, our, our trip. If you, and if you're interested in still, we still have room. If you'd like to come with us, we're coming in April. We're going to Guadalajara, continue the work with a church that we've been working with every year. It's awesome. Best tacos and churros you're going to eat. Forget cannolis. These churros, ooh, Oh, filled with oh, caramel and uh, yeah, all sorts of chocolate, chocolate and fresa, strawberry. Oh, so many good things. I, I, okay, I'm going to get sidetracked. And while we're driving in Guadalajara, we're in these vans and just sort of going through the city and stuff. And every time you come to a stoplight, you know what happens? That what happens. These guys come out with water bottles and squeegees, and they're going to wash your windshields. Every stoplight. And they're going to expect that you're going to give them a couple of pesos. But here's the thing. They don't have permission, but they're doing it anyway. They're just doing it anyway. They're just going to come and they're going to do this. And, you know, you, you, can, you can give them it. It's not a problem, but they did it without permission. Over and over again throughout lives, people do things without our permission. God is doing something without our permission. He's telling us up front, I'm doing something new. Oh, and don't worry. I know you didn't ask. Right? I know you didn't ask. And I'm not sure how you're going to hear this today, but hopefully you receive it well. God doesn't need our permission. He doesn't need our permission to do something new in our lives. He can do what he wants. He's God. (laughs) He has the right, right? He literally decides when we live and when we die. He decides all those big things. He doesn't need permission to start working on something new from a, for us. And I'm personally, I think that's awesome. Because that means God's not limited by my invitation. Like, he doesn't only do things in my life that I ask him to do. He starts doing good in my life when I don't even know what, what it is. He does good in my life that I don't even know I need. Right? He does something new in me that I'm not even aware of. I'm so thankful God doesn't wait for me to get my mind clear enough to invite him to work before he gets to work. Do you understand? God does things without our permission. 
And here's the reason it's okay, regardless of whether you give him permission or not. God is always at work in our life. He never stops working in our lives. Life, the sum total of life is this. This is what it boils down to. It's the activity of God and our response to it. It's the activity of God and our response to it. That's what life is. Life is that intersection. God said, I want to have relationship. And in a relationship, it's, it's, it's two beings coming together, dialoguing, interacting. The activity of God and what are we going to do about it. See, we can choose to ignore or reject what God has, is, and will do. We don't have to respond to what God is. God is always at work. I'm doing something new, but we can say, I don't want the new. We can reject it. I don't believe you're doing the new. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm just going to pretend like I don't know about it. I don't see it. There's no, I'm going to deny it. We can do anything you want. You can respond to it. God is going to do his part, and we have a response in here. We don't have to receive what he wants to give us. You don't have to. God doesn't, I'm doing something new and there's nothing you can do about it. No, that's not how it works. He says, um, do, you see, do, do you see it? I want you to see it. We don't have to allow God to do what he wants to do for us. We don't have to receive it. But here's the, here's the greatest part. We get to. We don't have to respond to what God's doing. But we get to respond to what God's doing. We can choose to welcome what he's doing. We can accept the something new. It's a decision, and each one of us is going to have to make it. Believe 2020, God is saying, I want to do something new for every one of us individually. So if you're here, sorry, no escaping it now. You know. I believe God wants to do something new in you. That's the activity of God. He's already started it. Now we've got a responsibility. We've got an opportunity to respond. So if God is already at work, Can we at least just consider, just for a moment, before you make your decision, can you just consider for a moment what he felt was worth starting, just in case we'd respond? God felt it was so worth starting in us that he didn't wait for our permission. So what was it? What is it that God wants to do? When we read the message God gave to Isaiah, a few things jump off the page to me here. Just a few things. First is this. What God has done is nothing compared to what he will do. God hasn't done his best work in your life yet. Think about that. God hasn't done his best work in your life yet. What are some of the greatest things God has done in your life? Just just pause, just reflect. Think back through your history. What are the best things God has ever done in your life? Was it a relationship? Was it somebody that he brought into your life? Was was it a healing that he brought into your life? Was it was it a, a revelation and understanding and a knowledge of who he is? Right? Did he save you from depression? Was it a rescue from an addiction? Was it a, a dream that was fulfilled? Was it a, an opportunity, an experience? Was it an answer to a huge prayer? Some of you have seen outright miracles. You've seen some really big stuff. What's the greatest thing God has ever done for you? And God says, what I'm about to do is nothing. I mean, all that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. It's, it's nothing don't even think about it. Don't even consider it. Don't even put your mind, don't sit there and go, oh, well, that was pretty big. Yeah, I know. Guess what? It's going to be nothing compared. In contrast, the, the scale is going to overwhelmingly let you know that what I'm about to do is greater. 
God is going to do something he's never done in you before. Here's the thing. You don't even have a point of reference for what God is about to do. You don't, you don't even have a, a way to talk about it. You have a way to think about it. And Which is why he says, this is why there's a really good chance you can't see what I've already started. There's a good chance you can't see what I've started because you may be thinking through the different parts of your life right now saying, okay, where, where could God be doing something? God's already started. Where? Think about it. Where did God already start to something new in you? We're, 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 we're a couple weeks into January now. God's already started something new in you. Where is it? Maybe you're hearing like, oh, I don't feel, any, I don't feel that much different. I mean, it's warm out, but I don't feel that different. Something new in me? I'm, I don't know. See, you might be sitting there evaluating, going, I don't think God is doing anything new in me. And God says, I know you'd say that because I'm working in places that you'd never think to look. I'm doing something new in places you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have considered. Or, or, or even See, he identifies two places that he is doing his work. Right? Two places. Here's the places I'm going to do my work. Ready? It's, it's the wilderness of your life and it's the wasteland. I'm going to do work in the wilderness and the wasteland. And they're, and they're different. Those are, it's not just, you know, like just two things, this and this, is two words to say, way to say the same thing. They're different. Wilderness. Right here, here's, here's a picture of wilderness. It's overgrown. Right? It's abandoned. It's neglected. It's just, there's just, it's untouched. Just, just, there's parts of our lives that are a wilderness. They're untouched. They're abandoned. We don't even try to address them. Maybe there are attitudes in our life. I just, we just sort of, eh, it's just an attitude I have, it's a, or it's a habit I have, or it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rut that I've allowed to exist unchecked in my life. It's a behavior. It's a, a relationship that you haven't managed well. It's sort of a, a you describe this relationship as just a will, eh, just whatever happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't put time into it. I don't take care of it. It just, it just is there. It exists. I haven't managed it. Maybe it's part of your personality that you haven't disciplined. It's just part of who I am. You've allowed it to persist without any oversight whatsoever. There are parts of your life that just exist unchecked. It's a wilderness. And then there's the wasteland. See, the wasteland is different. It's dry. It's lifeless. It's uninhabited. It's barren. It can't produce life. Whereas the wilderness has just got life that's just run amok. Barrenness is there's nothing that can actually grow there. It's dead and desolate and dry. A desert. There may be some of you who feel like you live there. Everything, maybe it's a, a marriage that has been loveless for a long time. It's just that you describe it as a relationship. You describe it as a desert. Maybe it's a dream that you describe as a desert. It's dried up long ago. There's no, there's no water there anymore. It's a job that's just joyless, a career that's just no end, right? Unfulfilled dreams. Emotionally, maybe you're empty. You're sitting here going, man, my life is just, I don't feel anything anymore at all anywhere. I just exist. I am a wasteland. If you're here today and you can identify parts of your life, you could qualify as wilderness or wasteland, please know we've been praying for you to be here because you need to hear this. God chooses to speak to the least likely parts of our life. The parts that you would have given up on, the parts that you're not even thinking to look at. And not just to give you hope that maybe someday he can do a little nice touch up here. He'll do a little something 
But the reality is that he's already done something new in it. He's already beginning the work in those places. There's already a stirring of what God is doing. Think about that. God wants to do something new in the precise places you never dreamed something new could happen. Maybe relationships, nah, something new can't happen there. Dreams, nah, something new can't happen there. You know what? There's things that have just been allowed to exist for years, and I've got no hope here. No hope in this place. No hope in this part of my life. It's over. It's done. And God says, "Uh uh-uh, hey, guess what? I'm doing something new, and I'm doing something new. In the least likely place you think that's why you can't see it. I'm targeting those. Yes, what kind of God does that? What kind of God says, hey, don't give me the easy stuff. I'm going to choose the hardest, barren places of your life. And I'm going to do something new there. That's a God who abounds in hope and has all power. God who is not intimidated by anything, anywhere. It's a God who's not afraid of large promises. It's the God who speaks to Abraham and says, Hey, I know you're old and I know your wife's old, but guess what? Look up at the stars. Count them if you can. That's how many your descendants will be. He says, God, I'm a hundred. I don't even have kids. And God says, Hey, count the stars. Count the stars. God makes large promises because he knows he's good for them. Perhaps the reason you can't see what God is doing is that you haven't been looking in those unlikely and impossible places, which is why God ends or leads into this with three very simple, very powerful words, and they are, forget all that. I'm going to do something that you can't expect. You wouldn't even think to dream of, and here's what you need to know. Forget what I've done. Most of the Bible reveals the history of God's relationship with humanity, right? From Adam and Eve to to Noah to Moses and Abraham to Jesus, the disciples. It's a story of the activity of God in this world, of what God has done and how he's interacted with humanity. And we're encouraged always to remember the activity of God. It says 230 times throughout Scripture you'll read the word remember, 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 remember. It tells us to remember. We do communion. Why? Do this in remembrance. We're supposed to remember. Remembering is good. Remembering is a good thing until it isn't. Because remembering can also be a detriment. Right? Yesterday, our kids went to the skate park. And they go up on the ramps and they do these crazy things. You know what? I do not do that. You know why? Because I remember falling. Anybody else remember falling? Okay. I tried surfing. I remember almost drowning. I don't surf anymore. Okay. I remember snowboarding. I remember almost breaking my wrist. And I had a very sore backside. No, no thanks. I I remember things. And when you begin to build memories, you begin to build resistance, hesitation. It stops me from doing things because I remember. I remember, you know, you have a relationship with somebody and you remember what they said to you and you remember what they did to you. And so because you remember, guess what? I'm not going to say hi to them. I'm not going to be nice to them. I'm not going to give them grace or patience or anything like that because I remember what they did to me. See, memory is good until it isn't. It's powerful. It can establish boundaries for what we believe God can do. Well, God, you did this in my life, but this is how you did it in the past. 
And so it's got to be how you're going to do it today. So God can only work within this box because that's what he did in the past. And, it, and if it doesn't fit in this box, he can't do it today because he didn't do it like that yesterday. If God is bound to what we've experienced in our life only, how small have we made him? Sometimes we glamorize our memory of the past. We can get so caught up in the glory days of what God did yesterday that we miss entirely what he's doing now. We can miss entirely what he's doing now because we're living in what he did yesterday. The temptation is to use our past to set the expectation. It doesn't matter how good or how miraculous or how meaningful the, God, the work of God in your past was. I love this quote about tradition. Gustav Mahler, he was a, a composer, musician. He said, listen, tradition is not the worship of ashes, of what God did in the past, but it's the preservation of fire. Tradition is not the, the worship of ashes, but it's the preservation of fire. It's not so much about what God did yesterday, and look, here's the ashes of what God did yesterday. It's proof God did something. Yes, it is. But His fire is new today. Doing something new. I want to hold on to what God wants to do new and say, yeah, hey, guess what? There's an ash spot there. Yeah, God did. But He's got something new. Forget all that. Forget it all because it's going to hold you back. When you begin to just sit there and live in what God did yesterday, guess what? Today, I don't have any hope for today because I'm still waiting for yesterday to reproduce itself. And God's not interested in that. I got something new for you. You don't have a reference point for new. It's not even close. And I believe God is on the move in 2020, unlike He has ever moved before. And I'm not just saying that because, hey, you say that every year. Yeah, well, should, you should say that every year. But it is a brand new day. Where is it? Right there. Today is a brand new day. You've never been in this day before. And what you need for this day, it's in a world that you've never lived in before, with people speaking a language you've never spoken before, with social norms we've never known before. Right? History repeats itself, sure, in some ways, but we've never been in this day before. I don't understand how to, how to parent in this world. I've never been here before. Kids don't have to deal with what I dealt with when I was a kid. Yeah, well, when they were a kid, when they're... And guess what? In five years, it's going to be a totally different world. It continues to evolve. We've never been in this day before. And I don't need what God did yesterday. I need what God is doing now. Something new. So let me ask you. I want to close. Nikki, would you just come? Can you see God doing something new in you? Do you see God doing something new in you? Let me ask you this. If you don't see something new, just where's the wilderness in your life? Where's the wastelands? Where are those parts of your life that you've just left unattended for a long time? There's things you've just given up on. It looks like desert. You tried. You tried. I tried working here. I tried praying about it. I tried. I've been doing everything possible. And I can't make anything grow here. I've been trying to cut through this wilderness, and you know what? It's just a losing battle. So I just gave up. God doesn't say, you're going to do something new. He says, I'm going to do something new. I've already begun it. This is the God who can do anything. Do you believe it? See, this is where the rubber hits the road. 
It's where the rubber hits the road. We're not just playing church. I don't want to just stand up here, promise you nice things, and it's a good church. You should talk about hope a lot as a pastor. You should talk about nice things. So people, people like to hear that kind of stuff. They like to be encouraged. You know, Listen, I have no idea what something new means. It might be painful. It might be hard. It might be costly. I have no idea. I'm not up here trying to promise you easy peasy. All I know is that God says, I want to do something new. And I trust that it's going to be good. And if God is God, he can do what he says. He doesn't need our permission to get started. He's not going to force us to receive what he wants to do. He acts and we get to choose our response. We have the power to allow this something new to come about or to resist it. We decide if God gets to finish what he started. tells me so much about God that he doesn't just shoot fish in a barrel or go for low-hanging fruit. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do something new in those easy places in your life. He says, I'm taking out the wilderness and the wasteland, going for the least likely places. I want to open the door for God to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants. The question is, do you want that too? Do you want to invite God to say, God, I... I don't even know maybe the wildernesses or the wastelands in my life. Would you point them out? Help me to see them. Or maybe you're very aware of them and say, God, I'm just not sure I believe that you can do something there. I want to invite you this morning to join me in welcoming God to keep doing whatever it is that he started. In the barren wildernesses and wastelands of our life, in the places that no one else would dare to go, You'll also see this card in your program. You can take that out. It's called the High Five. Just encouraging you every day in this this new season. Take five minutes. The highest five minutes of your day. Moments where you interact with with heaven. Take five minutes to pray and talk and dialogue with God. I'm giving you a very simple one minute on each. Thanks. Thank God for what he's done. Confess. Today that's our step. Confess. Confess the barren places. Confess the wildernesses. The places that you've allowed just to to grow, to be overgrown. The places where it doesn't seem like God has ever been welcomed. Confess doubt and fear and failures. And then just open your eyes and watch God work. Just to confess that. So I'm going to invite Nikki to play, and I'm just—I want to give you an opportunity to do this, right where you are. Would you just confess those wildernesses, those barren places to God, and say, "God, I just—I'm going to name it. If it's a relationship, name it. If it's a job, name it. If it's a health situation, name it. If it's internal and nobody else sees it, name it." If it's something, you know where your wastelands are. You know where you're, I have no idea, but you do. And say, God, I just confess this has been a wilderness in my life. There's been nothing happening for years here. And today I want it to change. 
God, you telling me you want to do something new. And I don't want us to sit here saying, well, since I can't see it, I don't believe it. God, I want you to do something new in me. I confess I can't see it. And I don't have to. See, God doesn't need permission to get started. But he needs our permission to finish it. Would you give him permission today? Just take a few minutes and just pray. Just pray. Right where you are. Right in your seats. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.